Welcome to Equip, tools for navigating real life. Hi, I'm Shelley Pulliam, co-founder of Arise Ministries, and I'm excited to share with you a topic near and dear to my heart that I call, Can Your Heart Come Out and Play?, which is about forming godly friendships. As a child growing up in Colorado, I remember my favorite thing in the world was the time after school or on Saturday morning when the doorbell would ring and I'd hear a familiar voice inquire of my mother, can Shelly come out and play? If my chores were complete, I'd bolt out that door to spend hours escaping in fun and adventure with a treasured playmate. The gift of play. It's how we formed our first friendships, isn't it? When we're young, we're more open to making friends and throwing ourselves wholeheartedly into being with them. There was lots of time, hours and hours to spend goofing off at sleepovers, hanging out at the mall, playing sports, and talking about boys. All that activity builds a close relationship. But as adults, how often does our doorbell chime and someone ask us to come out and play? When was the last time you had a sleepover? We are so absorbed and entangled in work, family, obligations, that friendships are the first thing to be relegated to the back burner. We don't lose the need, we lose the ability. But according to research, that's the worst thing we can do for our emotional and physical health. Psychologists think friendship in our lives is more important than ever before. Because so many of us, the traditional family support group doesn't exist anymore. And so these landmark studies done at UCLA tell us about the specialness between women that this friendship makes such a difference in their lives. And study after study has found that social ties reduce our risk of disease by lowering blood pressure, heart rate, and cholesterol. There's no doubt that friends are helping us live longer. I remember going to visit my grandfather in the nursing home, and he was one of the few men. It was mostly women, and you know why? Because of friendships, because women have built relationships that sustained them through the years. In fact, they say that those who had the most friends over a nine-year period cut their risk of death by more than 60%. The more friends women had, the less likely they were to develop physical impairments as they aged, and the more likely they were to be leading a joyful life. In fact, the results were so significant that researchers concluded that not having close friends or confidence was as detrimental to your health as smoking or carrying extra weight. You know what? You know what I say? Then let's get a friend and let's eat chocolate. Isn't that the truth? Amen? Yet if friends counter the stress that seems to swallow up so much of our life these days, if they keep us healthy and even add years to our life, why is it so hard to find time to be with them? Because sandwiched between the burden of work, family obligation, and personal disciplines, friendship often becomes optional. I can probably bet that today you had to work, you had to take care of your children, you had to cook meals, maybe you had to grocery shop, you had to clean the house, you had to put gas in the car, all these things. Maybe it was going to your teacher's, PT, going to a PTA meeting, going to a parent-teacher conference, helping your children with their homework. All these things take precedence. But ladies, it's such a mistake 
Because women are a source of strength to each other, we nurture one another. The title for this whole presentation or this whole talk I'm doing today, Can Your Heart Come Out and Play, initiated with a poem I wrote to myself probably about 11 years ago. I was swamped with running a nonprofit organization and I was teaching full time. I had isolated myself. I'd been hurt from a previous relationship. I was living in what I call my cave. One night, in sadness and loneliness, realizing I was missing something important in my life, I penned the following poem. Let me share the last two stanzas with you. Can your heart come out and play? It has been shackled with rejection, secluded by fear, sheltered by isolation, behind its sturdy walls. Can your heart come out and play? Release it to feel, to laugh, to love, it's missing the greatest blessings in life. Can your heart come out and play? How many of you does this poem apply to? How are friendships with you? Some of you are so swamped you don't spend any time with friends. Some of you have been hurt by past friendships, rejected, betrayed. You don't want to invest in them anymore. Some of you have a few close friends but don't fully understand the importance of making new friends friends, or branching out with lots of acquaintances. Some of you have lots of social friends, but you have been searching for a lifetime for a friend soul tie, a person who you can truly share your heart with. Some of you have made lots of friends, but maybe you don't know how to keep them. Some of you are surrounded by friends and have built and sustained healthy friendships so you can just smile and agree with everything I say. But some of you, and even some of you, don't see the need for friendships at all. Over the years, I have cultivated close, meaningful friendships that have endured the test of time. I have formed bonds that were beneficial for the moment, then dissipated as life circumstances changed. There are times I have been an exceptional friend and did everything right. Then there are times I failed as a friend and did everything wrong. But even with a good and bad track record, I recognized the need for other women in my life. And one of the times I recognized that was when I went back to a reunion at my college, at my sorority. You know, college life was probably the best time in my life, and I loved living in a sorority and all the friends that I had made. But I had lost touch with most of them. And so they had a reunion back at our college at Oklahoma State University, a 50th year of us being on campus. And about 30 of my closest friends in college were all there. And we reconnected. And I realized, you know what? No matter how many years had separated us, we still had a connection. And I've stayed in touch with most of them now. And it's just so special. We, we get together for at least once a year. Friendship is it's so special. Once you're connected, you're connected. And I want to talk to you about the foundation of friendship. The foundation of any strong, healthy, balanced friendship is a relationship with Jesus. The most important friendship we can establish is a friendship with God. Ladies, we must have a relationship with Jesus before we can build earthly relationships. Jesus must be first above all, because when this relationship is in sync, all the others will follow. My love for others flows out of my love for God. My respect for others flows out of my respect for God. I humble myself for those I love 
because of my humility before God. The attitude required to exhibit Christ in my relationships is developed by being in God's presence. Therefore, my first priority must be my relationship to my Heavenly Father. Just as God desires to be friends with us, God desires that we form godly friendships. Christian friends are part of our friendship with God. He first wants us to connect on a deep level with Him, then to connect on a deep level with other believers. You can't live your Christian experience alone. You need others. You can't fulfill God's purposes for your life by yourself. We believe we can be Lone Rangers. Well, Lone Ranger wasn't even a Lone Ranger. He had Tonto. God places a tremendous importance on our relationships with others. In Genesis 2.18, God stated that man is not good alone. God created companions for us. I believe God chooses our friends just as he chose our parents. He knows our intent and purpose, and he places people in our lives to help us reach our potential. Jesus, above all, understands friendship. He chose 12 people to be his friends and support his ministry. Yes, they were his disciples, those to carry on and build the church, but they were also his friends. He wasn't just their teacher. He was their friend. Can't you imagine them sitting around the fire laughing, telling stories, and enjoying the fellowship? Sometimes we don't see a whole, per- a whole picture of Christ and the way he interacted with the disciples. By observing Jesus and his life, we can learn a great deal about the purpose and place of human relationships in our lives. You know, the importance of friendship abounds throughout God's Word. The word friend is found 90 times in the Bible. 90! Deuteronomy 13.6 says, If your brother, your mother's son, or your son or daughter, or the wife you cherish, or your friend who is as your own soul. In this verse, only two of the people mentioned are described with characteristics, wife and friend. He describes the wife as someone you cherish, but he attributes a friend as someone who is as your own soul. Friendships are different than any other relationship. There are places in your heart that only friends can touch. God demonstrates the importance of friendship in four ways through Ecclesiastes 4, 9-12. Our friends help in times of trouble, they supply warmth, they offer protection, and they provide security. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their work. If one falls down, his friend can help him up. But pity the man who falls and has no one to help him up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. These verses make travel along the roads and paths in Palestine an example of the importance of friendship. Roads and paths in Palestine were not paved or even leveled. Cold of the Palestinian night and need one another's warmth for comfort. Robbers hid among the stones ready to pounce on unsuspecting travelers. It talks about how two travel through life better together. This not only applies to our physical fall, but our spiritual fall. 
It is Christian friends who keep you accountable and restore you. You're their help when you're sick or try to help with provide help with sinful traps. What is your pit you can fall into? We should have friends who hold us accountable, who tell us when we're messing up, who tell us when we need to be careful. You need to find somebody who can be an accountability partner to you. God has assigned you friends whose responsibility it is to keep you on track and offer spiritual protection. How grateful we should be for Christian friends who help keep our feet on the path and our feet from stumbling. Storms will rage in our lives, and it is our friends who shelter us from the elements. You know, if we're under an umbrella with somebody, only half of us get wet. The other half is protected, and we need to find a friend that we can stand under the umbrella with. Two perspectives can be better can better endure the circumstances. Sometimes we simply need their presence. Singles, I believe, this need more need this one more because not having a spouse to provide the daily interaction. Sometimes I need to just sit at a friend's house or have them grab my hand in support or feel the reassurance in their hug. Friends help stave off the loneliness. You know, I had a friend that I was going through a really tough time at school. And every day after school, she would either call me and say, how was my day? And give me an encouragement. Or she would pick me up when school was out just to take me to Sonic and just to encourage me. And that's what it's about. Ecclesiastes is not about the great calamities in life, but how friends enhance and support our everyday living. I believe that the cord of three strands is God, a friend, and you. You cannot have a true binding friendship unless God is at the center of it. A cord of three strands is not easily broken. Sometimes we feel we are hanging by a thread, don't we? But when we are joined by a trust in God and faithful friends, we cannot be defeated. The North American Indian word for friend is one who carries my sorrows on his back. Isn't that a profound? I love that. That is what friends do. Hold some of your pain. But they can't if we don't let them. There are other examples in the Bible of deep friendships. Ruth and Naomi, Jonathan and David, Paul and Timothy. But probably my very favorite can be found in Luke 5, where the men carry their friend on the pallet to Jesus, and they can't get close enough to him, so they go up on the roof and break through and lower their friend to Jesus. That is friendship. Friendship shined a light on the power of God. It healed their friend and brought God glory. John 15, 13 tells us, Greater love has no one than this, that lay down that he lay down his life for his friends. You know, I've had people ask me, Are all friendships the same? They're not. Each of us has slightly different expectations of what is meant by true friendships. Some use the term loosely, to mean anything from acquaintance to lifelong soulmate. Others are reluctant to call someone a friend because they hold extremely high standards for friendship. Each friendship is unique because of two individuals involved. Believing that all friendships are the same is the biggest mistake most women make in building relationships. The heart has many chambers. Each chamber needs to be filled with groups of people 
who meet our needs in various ways. I want to read a poem to you. Some of you may have heard it before. It's called Girls in My Circle. When I was little, I used to believe in the concept of one best friend. And then I started to become a woman. And then I found that if you allow your heart to open up, you will be shown the best in many friends. One friend is needed when you're going through things with your boyfriend. Another friend is needed when you're going through things with your parents. Another will sit beside you in the bleachers as you delight in your children and their activities. Another when you want to shop, share, heal, hurt, joke, or just be. One friend will say, let's cry together. Another, let's fight together. Another, let's walk away together. One friend will meet your spiritual need. Another, your shoe fetish. Another, your love for movies. Another will be with you in your season of confusion. Another will be your clarifier. Another, the wind beneath your wings. It may all be wrapped up in one woman, but for many, it's wrapped up in several. One from sixth grade, one from high school, some from college, a couple from old jobs, on some days your mother, on some days your neighbor or others, your sisters, cousins, and on some days your daughters. So whether they've been your friend for 20 minutes or 20 years, women have been placed in your life to make a difference. I know that's the way it is for me. I have some close friends, a couple friends that are just, I can tell them everything. They're my soul. They're almost my soulmate in some respects. There's a deep, deep connection. I have some friends that all I do is I go to, they're the ones I go to movies with because we're movie buffs. And that's what you have to understand with friendship. And you can't be jealous. It's like your children. You love your children equally, but in different ways. And that's the way it is with, with friends. You can love them all. There does not have to be competition or comparison or jealousy. Ladies, there are three levels of friendship. The first one are social friends. Maybe you know them from church or work. Women you seek every week at church or time, at a, or time to time at a mission project. You talk a little bit about your lives. They provide healthy sustenance of interaction and emotion. This was Jesus and some of the multitudes, Lazarus, Mary, Martha, that they are just your social friends. And then there's the second level of friendship, which is a smaller, closer group. It may be a Bible study or prayer group. You might call them for prayer requests. It's a friendship on a deeper level. And this is the way it was with Jesus and his disciples. And then there's a deeper level of friendship, which I call soul tie. And usually you only have one or two your whole life. They know you more intimately than anybody. There's just a connection there that's inexplainable. And this is the way Jesus was with Peter and John. I know a lot of you know who I am and, and, and know about my ministry. And that's kind of the way it was with Pam Canaley, my ministry partner. God connected us because we had a mission. We had to join together to build a ministry. And God connected us in ways but there are so many other people in my life that I adore and I love and they add so much joy to my life. We need all three types of friends to be well-rounded people. I know some of you may be asking, how do I build friendships? How do I do it? I'm just not sure. First, you have to look for a few people who interest you. 
Begin to, communic begin to communicate with them that you care in small ways and invest in their lives. If it doesn't work, try again. There are hundreds of potential friends out there. Finding the right friend begins with being the right friend. You can't be a taker. You have to be a giver. Do things for them, encouragement gifts. Maybe you'll um, give them something that you know that they really like that's special to them. Or maybe you'll give them... A, I had a friend who drove by and put a post-it note on my front door. I was praying for you today. Or I had a friend who, when I was in the middle of a fast, put water on my front porch. Or maybe you just send them an email with a scripture. Or you send a card. Just little things that you do to make a connection. Make sure you call and check on them. If you haven't seen them in a while, or if you just need to check and say, Hey, how are things going? Or if you know they went to the doctor, to call and say, How'd it go? You have to spend time with them. All relationships require time. Maybe when your kids are with their dads for the weekend or your mom has your children that you go out or go to a movie or go to dinner. Next, you have to listen to them. I know sometimes we want to just vent to our friends and we want to tell them everything that's going on in our lives, but we have to be a good listener. Next, don't judge. Don't be shocked. If you have friends tell you deep, intimate things, don't be shocked and don't judge them. We are all sinners. No sin is worse than any other in God's eyes. You have to extend grace to them. And that's the next thing. Forgive them. People will hurt you. People will disappoint you. Nobody is perfect. You have to be willing to forgive and you have to be willing to ask for forgiveness. And last one, always be there. Be available if they need you. And I'm not talking about every day, every minute. And you have to be careful. If there is somebody out there that wants your attention all the time, then they're a taker. And you need to have a relationship that's give and take. A true friend doesn't ask, what can I do? She does it. She shows up without a call instead of saying, let me know if I can help. And last and most important, you pray for them and with them. Prayer is the most important thing we can do is to take our friends before the throne and put them at the feet of Jesus. I want to end the last thing I want to talk about is our role as a friend. We must understand our role in our believing friend's life. The calling upon our friendship is that we both become like Christ. That our friendship itself grows more like Christ as years and life events go by. Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen tells us, as iron sharpens iron, so one friend sharpens another. The goal of our friendship is that we both grow into fully mature little Christs, which is the meaning of the word Christian. My function as a friend to anybody and my function as a friend in Christ is to equip you to walk toward the goal, to equip them to walk toward the goal that Christ has given them. The question I must ask and the question you must ask is, as your friend, how can I help you become more like Christ? In everything we do together, play, work, endure, enjoy, hope, plan, dream, celebrate, in every moment of our friendship, that is my role. Hebrews 10, 24 through 25 says, and let us consider how we might spur one another on toward love and good deeds. 
Let us not give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another, and all the more, as you see the day approaching. Ladies, I encourage you to find some friends to journey with, but first put Christ as the head of your household, Christ on the throne of your heart, pursue a relationship with Him, and then pursue a relationship with others. What undiscovered blessings are you missing because you have not opened your life or your heart to a friend handpicked by God? He is weaving your life together with other individuals to create cords of three strands. Will you let him? Ladies, can you hear it? Can you hear the doorbell? Can your heart come out and play? Thank you for listening to an Equip podcast. To find out more about Arise Ministries or resources offered for single moms, visit www.ariseministries.net.